God, let your glory and your kingdom come in the name of Jesus. Now, Holy Spirit, take your rightful place, even in our midst. Take absolute control. In Jesus' name we pray. And we'll be careful to give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church of God shall shout, Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. God bless you. Amen. I want you to turn your Bibles to 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter number 26. 2 Chronicles chapter number 26. And we are going to read from verses 4 to 23. 2 Chronicles chapter number 6 from verses 4 to 23. Hallelujah. Somebody said that it's very difficult to preach from places like Second Chronicles and Leviticus and things like that. But we're going to start from there. Second Chronicles, are you there? Yes. From 26, Second Chronicles, not Corinthians. I said Chronicles. Chronicles and Corinthians, they are very far away from each other. Hallelujah. Second Chronicles is closer to Genesis than Revelation. Have you found it now? 26, not 6. Brother. I said 26. I said from 4, 26 from 4 to 23. I'm reading it. I, I didn't say 6. I said 26. From 4 to 23. Okay, let's read Second Chronicles chapter 26, verse 4 onwards. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah, Amaziah had done. He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Now he went out and made war against the Philistines and broke down the walls, the wall of Gath, the wall of Jabne the wall of Ashdod, and he built cities around Ashdod and among the Philistines. God helped him against the Philistines, against the Arabians, who lived in Gebal, and against the Meunites. Also, the Ammonites brought tribute to Uzziah. His fame spread as far as the entrance of Egypt, for he became exceedingly strong. And Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gates, at the valley gates and at the corner buttress of the wall. Then he fortified them. Also, he built towers in the desert. He dug many wells, for he had much livestock, both in the lowlands and in the plains. He also had farmers and vineyards, and vine dresses, sorry, in the mountains and in the camel, for he loved the soil. Moreover, Uzziah had an army of fighting men who went out to war by companies, according to the number on the roll as prepared by Jehuel, the scribe, and Maseah, the officer, under the hand of Hananiah, one of the king's captains. The total number of chief officers of the mighty men of valor was 2,600, and under their authority was an army of 307,500 that made war with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. Then Uzziah prepared for them, for the, for the entire army, shields, spears, helmets, body armor, bows, and slings to cast stones. And he made devices in Jerusalem, invented by skillful men, to be on the towers and the corners, to shoot arrows and large stones. So his fame spread far and wide, for he was marvelously helped till he became strong. Verse 16. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord his God by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. So Azariah, the priest, went in after him, and with, and with him were, eight, were 80 priests of the Lord, valiant men, and they with, withstood King Uzziah and said to him, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have trespassed. You shall have no honor from the Lord God. 
Then Uzziah became furious, and he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was angry with the priests, leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord, beside the incense altar. And Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked at him, and, and there on his forehead he was leprous. So they thrust him out of the place. Indeed, he also hurried to get, to get out, because the Lord had struck him. King Uzziah was a leper until the day of his death. He dwelt in an isolated house because he was a leper, for he was cut off from the house of the Lord. Then Jotham, his son, was over the king's house, judging the people of the Lord. Now the rest of the acts of Uzziah, first to la from first to last, the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, wrote, verse 23, So Uzziah rested with his fathers, and they buried him with his fathers in the, in the field of burial, which belonged to the kings. For they said, he is a leper. Then Jotham, his son, reigned in his place. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, have you enjoyed the story? Yes. Hmm. This year we started talking about, our theme for this year was total commitment. Hallelujah. Total commitment. And we said total commitment to God, to our lives, to our finances, to our family, to everything. Everything that we do this year is about committing to God. And how many know that anytime you commit to God, God also commits to you? The Bible says in verse 5, let's go back to verse 5. The Bible says that as long as this man, Uzziah, sought God, in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding of visions, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Amen. Are you with me? As long as you seek God, God will make you prosper. Amen. In uh, Matthew 6, it says that what? Uh, seek ye first. 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things shall be added to you. As you seek God, God will prosper you. But the problem we have with prosperity and God's blessing is that it genders pride. For the next couple of weeks, I want us to deal with pride. So the subject matter for our next few conversations is dealing with pride. Dealing with pride. I said dealing with pride. Pride is the thing that all of us have. And yet, all of us deny we have it. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, you have pride. Tell them, actually, you are proud. And, 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 and don't tell your neighbor anything. Look at yourself and say, I am proud. You see, all of us have pride in us. And yet, we will deny vehemently that we are proud. We will actually say we are proud of our humility because we are humble. If I were to ask how many of you are humble in this room, we will all lift up our hands and say we are humble. None of us will agree and admit that we are proud. The Bible talks about this. Uh, don't put anything on yet. I haven't told you to put anything on. The, the, the Bible says that as long as this man served God, God blessed him. And God gave him wisdom, supernatural wisdom, to have wealth. How many read the story? He had, they say, he, he, was, he was a good farmer. And his farm yielded a lot of produce. He had a sheep in the lowlands. And he had vineyards, vine presses everywhere. He, in the highlands, he had prosperity. He had vine presses. In the lowlands, he had sheep. And he had an army of 350,000 men. He was, uh, in those days, the army people, they didn't have shields and spears. So they are just going. But he was the first king in history, in the history of the Jews, to provide shields and spears to the army Israel. You see, in those days, it was the king and the captains and those people who had spears and, and uh, uh, swords. That's how come when David wanted to go and fight Goliath, 
the king gave him his, his armor because they didn't have, because if everybody had their own, there wouldn't be a need for the king to give his armory to, or his armor to David. Are you with me? And when the king was taller than David, bigger than David, so he tried to wear the king's uh, armor and it didn't fit. He, the Bible says he essayed to go. He tried to walk in the king's uh, army, his shield and his spear, and it was not working. So he took what he knew and what he had, which was a sling, to go and fight Goliath. Because in those days, all they had were sticks. That's how come the Philistines always defeated uh, uh, Israel because they had spears, but Israel did not. It was Uzziah who was the first king to provide shields for every member of the army. And apart from that, in the, in the uh, last verses, that he invented a lot of things. How many will agree that when you invent, you become rich? There are countries who don't invent anything and they are always poor. Are you with me? All they have is raw materials. They have, uh, what do you call it? Things from the sand, things from the ground, things from trees, things from the earth. That's all they have. And you see, so long as all you produce is raw material, you are not rich. It is when you invent and you produce things that we need, like computers, like laptops, that is when people, you become rich. Are, are you with me? Yeah. And, and that's how come the Bible says, and he became very, very prosperous. He became very, very I see you becoming very, very prosperous. Oh, I say, I see you becoming very, very prosperous. The Bible says that he became so strong and so prosperous that the army around him, the Philistines, the Amorites, were afraid of him. In fact, he built walls and houses in the enemy's camp. Can you imagine? Ashdod, which was the the, the king of, of the Philistines. Remember Ashdod? How many remember the story of Ashdod? Where they took the, they captured the, the ark and they took it to the temple of Ashdod. See, they, they, he, he, that was the, the, the seat and the strong, the capital of the Philistines. The Bible says Uzziah went and built his cities, his buildings. He's annexed there. Can you imagine you go and put your, your land, your, your house in the middle of your enemy's territory? You have to be strong. Hallelujah. I say you have to be strong and bold to be able to do that. He did all that. And the Bible says so long as he kept his faith and he kept his relationship with God, God prospered his hand. The kings could not defeat him. The armies could not fight him. But there was an army that eventually defeated him. There was an army that eventually uh, made a nonsense of his life. And that army was within himself. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I came to tell you that there are, there are some armies inside of us that are waiting to destroy us. That is the army that you have to be very careful of. Because, you see, uh, uh, all these principalities, powers, you know, witches and everything. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are greater than all of them. But there's one army that's inside of you that can easily defeat you, can easily defeat me, if we are not conscious of them. The Bible says that lest the devil gains an advantage over us. First Corinthians, look at it with me. Second Corinthians 2.11. Lest the devil should take advantage of us. We are not ignorant of his devices. We are not going to be ignorant of the devices of the enemy. One of the devices that Satan has in us is pride. In fact, the Bible describes Satan's characteristic as pride. Can I give you a definition of pride? Hello? Oh, you are going quiet on me. You don't like it. 
You know, if the message is you, just say, mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hallelujah. Today, I don't want you to look at somebody. You know, sometimes when you preach on pride, somebody says, yes, 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 talk, preach to her, preach to her. No, no, today it's not her, it's you. Talk, tell them. No. Today is tell me. Pride essentially means acting arrogantly. A high opinion of oneself. Pride is a high and inordinate opinion of one's own dignity, importance, merit, or superiority. Pride is a high or inordinate opinion of one's own dignity, importance, merit, or superiority. Whether as cherished in the mind or displayed in in action or conduct. So sometimes you don't act it, but you think it. And that is pride. Have you seen, have you ever had a child you are trying to correct and they go, hmm. Hmm. Have you seen that before? Hmm. Hmm. They are not saying anything. But it's because of their high-mindedness. It's because of how they think. How dare you talk to me like that? But they haven't said it. But that's how they are thinking. We've all done it. Oh, is it only me? We've all done it. And our children do it. A dignified sense of what is due to oneself. Most of the quarrels that we engage in is because of pride. How dare you talk to me like that? You're 99.1% of the fight between husband and wife is as a result of pride. Because, listen, listen, for you to correct somebody, for you to correct somebody, you must know what is right. Isn't that right? For you to correct somebody, you must know what is right. And that the person doesn't know what they are doing. So you are, it means that you are superior to the person. That's how come you can correct the person. If you are critical, it's because of pride. It's because you think you know. Oh, look at you. What, do you. what are you doing? This is what, what you're doing is wrong. Why am I saying what you're doing is wrong? Because I know the right thing. I know I know the right thing. You don't know. I'm correcting you. And then the persons also pride in them. How dare you talk to me like that? We have started, we have started fighting already. You can't correct me. I'll correct you. You can't correct me. I'll correct you. Look, look at us. Have you finished correcting yourself that you're coming to correct me? Then we are, we are all fighting. This is the one I like the most. This is, it says that Pride is the national worship of hell. Pride and the pride is the idolatrous worship of self and the national religion of hell. The national religion of hell is pride. Oh, I don't know whether you are enjoying what I'm saying. You see, idolatry is pride. Idol worship. To worship yourself is pride. And the national religion of hell is pride. So, once you engage in pride, you have engaged in the national religion of hell. The chief characteristic of Satan or Lucifer is pride. What brought about demons, what brought about Satan in itself 
is pride. Because he was an archangel to start with. He was God's creation. He was God's original worship leader. And he said that I will ascend to the heavens, to the throne. I will go and sit on the throne of my father. I will go and sit where my father sat. Remember uh, Absalom? I am going to sit where my father sat. I'm going to take over. We're taking over. (laughs) Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah, it's that thing that makes you want to be in charge. You want to do something. You want to come. That is pride. Amen. Pride. Haughtiness. And we all have it. We all have it. It's an enemy inside of us that we have to be conscious and mindful of and constantly deal and work on them. Every time, every occasion, every encounter, every time. You see, if the Bible says if we judge ourselves, we will not be judged. So in every encounter, check yourself. One of the things you must always do is that you are not always right. And we must all always accept it. All of us must accept that we are not always right. Are you with me? So there is a, a probability that in, in this instant also, you are not right. So, brothers and sisters, don't be too strong on any point. I don't know whether you understood what I said. Don't be too strong. Don't be too strong. You see, you know, when you are insisting, especially at home, you know, with the husband and wife, insisting on your right, it could be. Have you ever made a mistake before? Have you ever made a mistake? So if you have made a mistake before, then the probability of making another mistake is great. How many have done something and say, "Mm, this was a very stupid move and I made it. And you see, when you were doing it, you thought you were right. You thought so strongly about it. Until after the event, then you looked at it and realized that this was a very, 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 very idiotic move. Hallelujah. And if you have ever made that mistake or ever said that, then the probability of doing it now and doing it another time in future is great. So don't be too sure. Don't be too, you know, next, I don't have time, next week we'll talk about symptoms and signs of pride. Symptoms and signs of pride. You know, so that we, we, we constantly judge, because the, that's the enemy inside of you. That can destroy you. It's not outside. If it was outside, we can deal with it. We can pray. We can fast. We can rebuke it. But this is part of us. You're rebuking it, you're killing yourself. Amen? But it's the one thing that can destroy us. You see, I was thinking about this this story. This man is a man of God. He was actually chosen by God when he was only 16 years old. And put in the, in the stead of his father. And the Bible said he did what was right in the sight of God. Did you hear that? He did what was right in the sight of God. And yet God decided to make him go become leprous. Next week we we'll look at one person who was talking and God made him go mad. And he started to eat grass like an animal. That's the, that is what pride can make us become. Some people are divorced because of pride. Some people have lost jobs because of pride. Some people have gone hungry, homeless, because they were proud. They could not say sorry. Another sign, uh, symptom, I'm not talking about symptoms, but one of the signs of, of pride is when you never say sorry. When you never say, oh, I apologize, I'm sorry, then you have, uh, you have that, that problem. <sighs> Hallelujah. 
You see, that enemy is one enemy that God hates so much. Proverbs 6. Proverbs 6.16. Proverbs 6.16. Six things the Lord hates. Yea, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look. Now, he's not even talking about pride itself. He said, if, if, if you look as much as a proud person, you have even come to being proud. Do you understand? We are not even talking about the, the, the verb. We are talking about the noun. You know, and now it's like uh, you are uh, something. You, are lo- you look like. You haven't said, it's not like you are. It's not an adjective. It's just a, a little now. Ah, okay. We have a lot of children in this church, eh? Powerful. Oh, I think you should put your hands together for them. They look very powerful. Hallelujah. What was I saying? Yeah, the look of pride. The Bible says God hates the look of pride. You know? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh. It's, it's the look of pride. We have even, you haven't even opened your mouth. You don't know but God says he hates or Already God says, I hate you. Because you are pure proud. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that are shed innocent blood. Go on, next verse. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that are swift in running to evil. A false witness who speaks lies. And one who sows discord among brethren are all put in the same bracket. They are all in one bracket. You would think a murderer and a proud person must not be in the same category. But God puts them in the same category. A proud look. Since I hate pride. Do you know why? Because pride reminds him of Lucifer. In many countries, when you try to overthrow the government, it's an act of treason, punishable by immediate execution and death. More than 100 or 120 countries in the world, there are about 150 countries in the world, over 120 countries in the world, if you attempt to overthrow the government, it's high treason and it's punishable by immediate execution and death. High treason. So anytime anybody exhibits the, the, the uh, symptoms of, of pride, it reminds God so much of Lucifer. And he doesn't care what he's using you to do at the time. He just goes against you immediately. Can you imagine this? A man of God doing great things. God is using for signs and wonders, miracles. That's just one thing he does. Get out. I don't want to see you again. Immediately. See, leprosy means you are, you are eradic- extricated and eradicated from society. You have been banished to go and hide somewhere and die. You've not only been sent to prison, but you've been sent to isolation in prison. Go. Don't come again. And he was in the middle of doing God's work. In the middle of God's miracles. Because, you see, God's uh, uh, work at the time was to secure Israel. And Jerusalem, if you like, Judah was a house of God. It's a place of God where God always makes sure that the people are secure. To, to emphasize the point that when you serve God, he blesses you. 
And so Satan had to go inside and bring the, his last card, the enemy from within. See, that enemy from within, it, how many know of an embassy? What's an embassy? An embassy is a foreign land's um, place within another land. So say, for instance, in United Kingdom, let's say we have the embassy of France. That embassy is France in England. So the, the, the president or the, the prime minister, whoever is in charge of France, can always come there and make decrees. Whatever decree he makes there, the government of England cannot stop it. Within that perimeter, they can't stop it. In the same way, inside of you, somewhere, is the kingdom of Satan called pride. And within that perimeter, prayer and fasting cannot eradicate it. Oh, you are looking at me funny as if you don't understand what I'm saying. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. Prayer and fasting cannot eradicate it. It is something that is inside that Satan has access to. That is how come we must build extra walls within around it. So that Satan can, even when Satan comes in and does whatever, it doesn't come, it do anything. Hallelujah. Yeah. You see, a thought can come into your mind by accident. But when you think it or when you dwell on it, that is your prerogative. Do you understand that? You know, by accident, you may think, a thought can, uh, I want to slap her. A thought just said that a slapping at this juncture will be a very good thing. But you see, for you to carry out that action, you must engage your conscious mind to that unconscious thought that came into your head. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And as you mull over it, are, are you getting it? As a man thinks in his heart, so he see he is. As as you think about it, before you realize, your hand is going. Are, are you understanding what I'm saying? But that started by Satan coming into his embassy inside of you and giving a directive. Which was acting on. Amen. So I hope I have I have actually um, uh, 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 convinced us that God hates pride. Yes. Pride is one thing God can't stand at all because it reminds Him so much of Satan. Amen. And let's do our best to get out of pride. Deal with pride. Amen. So we looked at ten things that brings pride. Ten things that can bring pride. Ten things that bring pride. To look at this thing, ten things that cost us pride. Let's go to Ezekiel. Ezekiel 28. From 12 to 19. Ezekiel 28 from 12 to 19. Son of man, take a lamentation for the king of Tyre, saying to him, thus says the Lord, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the turquoise, the emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes were prepared for you on the day you were created. You were an anointed cherub which covers, I establish you, and you were on the holy mountain of God, and walked back and forth in the midst of the fairy stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within. Can you see? The violence, what was the violence? It was within. It was inside. Amen. And you sinned. Therefore, I 
cast you as a profane thing out of the mouth of God and I destroy you all covering cherub from the mount, from the midst of the fairy stones. Your heart was lifted because of your beauty and you corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings and that they might gaze at you. You defiled your centuries, your centuries by the multitude of your iniquities and by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst and it, it devoured you, it devoured you. I and I turned you as ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. All who knew you among the peoples were astonished. At you, you have become a horror and shall be no more forever. Amen. So, out of this scripture, we're going to see 10 things that causes pride. Because that's the characteristic of Satan. Amen. 10 things that causes pride. Number one, perfection. You are perfect in all your ways. Isn't that what the Bible said? Lucifer was perfect. When you do things better than everyone else around you, it makes you proud. Isn't it? Excellence always has a... Do you know why Britain decided to come out of EU? Because they think they do things better than the whole of Europe. So why should we be amongst you? We can do it by ourselves. We don't need the EU. Pride. Pride. As for me, I don't like singing with a choir. It does not show my, my talents. What is it that I am backing? I am a talented solo artist. I am backing somebody. The person that is singing solo, I sing better than them. Why should I be singing backing? No, no, no. Let them finish singing. When they finish, then I will come and sing. Then they will know that there's a difference between those who sing and those who sing. I used to be a choir director. I used to be a choir director. And uh, anytime you come to teach a song, say, okay, we are going to learn a new song. And as you start to teach the song, normally you start teaching the song, you know, generally. As you're teaching the song, then you see those who think that they have a good voice, they start singing the, 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 the lead, trying to influence you to pick them to sing the lead. I don't know whether it happens in this choir. I don't come to this choir, so I don't know. I mean, I'm telling you my own. Yeah. And when you give the song to person A, then person B becomes, then they start to put a certain behavior at the, at the rehearsal to make the rehearsal not go well. Very, very stroppy, very, very, you know, destructive. You know, they'll go out, they'll come in, they'll go out, they'll come in. They'll start making noise. They'll start, you know, distracting everybody. And then everybody becomes, you see, as we are learning, we are all emotional because music is, has a lot of emotion. That's why you quarrel a lot at rehearsal. I don't come to your place. I don't know. I'm just telling you what happens because I've been doing this for a long time. So I know. See them quarreling. Yeah, it's pride. Because I should have been the one leading the song. So when somebody, the person who they, they, they have chosen is trying to do the song and then they do a little mistake, then go, ah, ah, ah. if it was me, I won't make that mistake. Look at this person. This amateur uh, Apprentice. singers that you have Apprentice. around. <laughs> you don't like that? Okay, I'll check the, the example. The way you are looking at it, I think oh, I am this... We used to have this guy. 
who will play, come to play. I think the drums or something. Yeah, the drums. Anytime you call him to come and play, you people, you are disturbing me. You people, you people, you people. You know why? When he's playing the drum, the sticks will be flying out of his hand. Until one day, and God always does that. One day, some lady, smallest lady, came to the church. And I was, you know, like, how you do, trying to, you know, oh, welcome. So I want you to join the choir. I said, oh, me, I'm a drummer. Oh, come, come, come. <laughs> we put her in the drum. This is my you. From today, don't come here. The man who when he's playing, you have to dodge because sticks are coming from the air. Don't come here again. See, pride always goes before a fall. Yeah. You, you think that you know more than everybody. Perfection. See, any, any place that have excellence and perfection, they look down on everybody else. Have you seen how the English and the West, when they are describing continents like Africa, South America, the way they describe it, as if they, they don't have the same faults in their home, home. When they're talking about, you know, like crime, or they are talking about drugs, or they are talking about uh, uh, maybe filth, or they are talking about poverty, the way they describe them, they describe, so everybody thinks that there are some people who live in this part of the world, they think that Africans live on trees. Because, you see, when you are perfect, you describe everybody less than you. You are preaching. It's pride. I will take you to a place in Africa. When you go there, you will never want to come to England again. Even when they beg, you won't come. Because it is a thousand times beautiful than here. And we're talking about Africa. You look down because you think you are perfect. Meanwhile, you are not. I didn't know homeless people here. I didn't know poor people here. I didn't know filthy places here. I didn't know criminals here. But you just tend to see and then tend to anywhere at BBC and listen to the way they, they talk about other places. It's because of we are perfect and you are not. You see a church that is big. The way they look down on smaller churches. We are perfect and you are not. We don't even understand why anybody comes to your church. Because our church is the best church. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? What you do is not a good enough reason to be proud because you are perfect. You see, you see, what you are calling perfection is because of grace. If that knowledge God has given you, if he gave the same knowledge to somebody else, they would have done it better than you. Have you not seen somebody who sings very well and then within a short time, another person comes who sings better than the one we thought sang very, very well. It happens all the time. So don't, don't allow yourself to be proud because of what you do. As for me, when I sing, nobody can sing. As for me, when I preach, nobody can preach. As for me, whatever I do, I do it well. I don't understand why pastor is always the one preaching. You know, the day that they will give me the microphone, that is the day they will see they are preachers and they are preachers. First Corinthians 4 7. First Corinthians 4 7. For who makes you to differ from another? What do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you had indeed received it, why do you boast? As if you did not receive it. Why do you boast? Our church is beautiful. We, our church, 
perfect. Sound, perfect. Preaching, perfect. Everywhere is beautiful. Not this place that mm, smells. Look at you. There's some people, they go to somebody's house. Mm, they don't want to sit down. Because the place is not our standard. Yeah. Who made you different? What do you have that you did not receive? Am I talking to somebody? Number two. Wisdom makes us proud. I am wise. Look at me. He says that, and and wisdom. Did did you see that in Ezekiel? He, He said, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. He was full of wisdom, wise. There is Gabriel, there is Michael. They are all there. I don't know whether those two were also there. I won't mention their names today. I don't know whether they're cherubims. <laughs> uh, I'm not mentioning their names today. Don't tempt me. The cherubims and the seraphims, I don't know whether they were there. But I don't think that any of them had more wisdom than Lucifer. Because if they had that equal wisdom, they would not have, have mentioned it that you are full of wisdom. Are you with me? Because if I'm full of wisdom and you are full of wisdom, what's the need of mentioning it? But if we are all angels and I am full of wisdom, then it will be described that I am the one who's full of wisdom. Amen. He was full of wisdom. Oh, hello, Michael. It's Dr. Michael to you. Hey. Because I'm, I'm not a doctor. You address me well. I am an I'm engineer. So if you're calling me, call me Engineer Michael. First Corinthians one nineteen. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. In, in, in Romans chapter 1, it says that when they saw God, they did not retain God in their minds. Because they thought they were wise, they became fools. Anytime you think like you are wise, immediately you become, when you think you are smart, immediately God turns your wisdom to stupidity. How, how many understand what I'm saying? How many are with me? And I'm not preaching to him. I'm, I'm not preaching to her. I'm preaching to you. And I'm preaching to me too. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Wisdom. Yeah. You become wisdom. You can become wise by the things you go through. You become wise with age. You become wise because the Bible said with the ancient is wisdom. So the, the older you grow, you would have had some experience. So it makes you wise. When you read, you become wise. God gives you wisdom. As, as the spirit of God comes into you, wisdom comes into you. But don't allow it to bring pride. Number three. Beauty and excellence. Beauty and excellence. Beauty and excellence. Oh, can I have one beautiful lady stand? One beautiful lady. You see pride. Have you seen pride? I just used as an example. Have you seen pride? And you want me to get up so that you do disrespect me in front of everybody. I'm still talking and you are still sitting down. Hey, you see, I'm still talking and you are still sitting down. You won't come. God bless you for your humility. Sit down. God bless you. 
The rest of you are proud. Beauty. Beauty. In Proverbs 31, 30, it says that beauty is vain. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. It's passing. The woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Have you not seen that? When Have you seen Miss World of 64? Miss World of 69? Today you see who? If they tell you that this was Miss World 64, you won't believe it. Once upon a time, she was Miss World. But now her face is all gone. Signs and wonders have appeared. Yeah. Because as you age, all fall down. Everything falls down. Everything goes down south. Are you with me? Have you seen those type of girls who in the flower of their age, anybody comes to, you know. You know. Are, you, are, you, are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? If you look at you and you look at me, are you macro equal? How dare you talk to me like that when you don't have anything? Look at me and look at you. Then they'll be saying, Look at me, look at you, look at me, look at you, look at me, look at you. By the time they realize, look at me. You see, your flower, the flower of your age will pass. And when it passes, it has passed. It's like the bus. How many of you are, you, are, you are running after the bus and the bus took off? When the bus takes off, it has left you. And it's not coming back. The bus never has reverse to come and reverse. Who oh, we forgot to pick you. Come and sit there. Let's go. No. You know, have you seen somebody who you rejected? Amen. And then they grew up. A, 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 another girl came and took. And took. That one you said was nothing. Yeah. That one you said doesn't know anything. Doesn't dress well. I remember a sister, very close friend of mine. Very close. You know, look at me. Look at you. Look at me. Look at you. Then this guy came. The guy has a little problem. Or had a little problem. His problem was that he couldn't speak English very well. So it's like his tenses were a little misplaced. <laughs> his, his, his tenses were a little haphazard and a little over, you know, all over the place, all over the shop. And, and, and the guy came to propose to the sister. My very, very close friend. And I said to my, my sister, listen, this guy is a good guy. You know, everything that you are talking about is superficial. It can be fixed. You know, just put him adult education in Dagbani. That will correct. <laughs> that will correct the, the, the language problem. Let's, you know, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Look at him. He can't, look, I'm a graduate. I am a graduate. This is, this is my friend. I am a graduate. I am a graduate. And this guy, no education, no qualification. If my friends see me with this guy, what would they say? So the guy, after a while, moved on and found another lady. Next row. Next row. No, actually, he didn't go far. Next row. Another graduate. And, 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 and they got married. Beautiful wedding. And the guy became a pastor. Started preaching. Started teaching. Now the tenses are finding their places. The one from the left has come to the right. The right from the right has come. He's joining perfectly. Now when he holds the, the microphone and he's preaching, you won't think it was that same guy. Then the bus had left my sister by then. So the, now my sister comes to me. Oh, let's fast and pray. Let the, the Lord should speak. 
the Lord to speak. You know, he said, when he said, at the point, you can say the Lord should move, the Lord should move, the Lord should move. Then, but it gets to a place, you say, anything God brings, I'll take. Because now the bus has gone and it's not coming back again. Now they've closed. <laughs> you know, there are some lines that close at 10, 10.30. So it's finished. So anything that will come. And there was a brother in the church. This brother asked for him one, uh, a few of the tenses are absent. It's not like they're in the room but misplaced. He asked for him, he didn't have any. That was not his only problem. He used to play conga. Conga. And you see, when he plays conga and the song is very, very nice in the church. Only a God like you. Then he goes, then you go on the conga. You'll be dancing around the conga like that. Sometimes he can lie on the floor and roll from one side to the other. Hey. Now, that was the only brother that was left. And Naraya came to the sister. Does you have the power to be married me? <laughs> yes, I dress. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, now, the thing that you say you didn't like. Now, you see, God has a sense of humor. Now, God has given you a worse one. Take it. Recently, I saw them. Recently, I saw them. Yeah, a man and his wife. No, I saw I saw the man. I didn't see my sister. I saw the man. I said, so how is my sister? I said, ho, 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 my sister. Hey, I've got her under control. Ho. Hey, and I remember that person. Hallelujah. Number four, quickly. Let me finish with number four. We'll continue next week. Is, is that okay? Huh? Where you have been, says that you were in Eden. This particular point may not resonate a lot with some of us sitting here. But you see, if you are in Africa somewhere and somebody has been to England or been to Europe and they come, they have a certain pride. I've been to the Queens. Uh, I've been there, you know. You know, then they change their accent. I've been there, you know. I say, uh, <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I've been there. I've been there. I've been to Buckingham Palace, you know. You see, where you have been can make you very proud. Where you have been can make you very proud. Sometimes where you have been causes pride in you. It is just the grace that brought you close to God. Somebody is like, I am a a miracle worker. I am a prophet. You know, you know, I, uh, these days the the preaching goes very fast. So you have to be careful (laughs) what you say. We used to have a pastor who was a prophet. And when we come for prayer meetings, then it'll be going like that. Misaribi, woo woo, Then we look at people say, say, you, you, I saw you last week. You were drinking. Snap. Hey. Then the whole church said, hey. You know, where you have been, you have been close to God. It's grace. That brought you close. Don't become proud. Have you seen some people? I know the boss. The boss is my cousin. Have you realized those type of people? The boss, they have a certain way they behave in their place. Instead of working, they they come in late. They go early. I'm related. If you like, I'll let my boss, my brother suck you right now. If you like, say something. We all have it. I said we all have it. It's inside of us. 
but we must build fences around it. We must, the Bible says that if we, if we judge ourselves, we will not be judged. Come with me to uh, Psalm 139. I think I'll close with that scripture. I will continue next week. Is that okay? From, if you want more, come next week. Psalm 139, verse 23 to 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. This is David writing. He says, search me. Search me. This afternoon, I want you to search your heart. Rise to your feet, everybody.